Dead Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the nursing a bum knee, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. You can find me at odddadoutpodcast.com and at Odd Dad Out on all the social places. And this is the show where I ramble and rant and tell you about whatever's going on in my brain and my life and all of that other shit and whatever the hell I feel like talking about because, well, Fuck, it's my show, and that's what I do here. <sighs> I never realized how... I don't get winded, but I always end... I feel like that sigh is just as important as all of the little inflections I do when I'm going through that whole spiel. It's kind of funny. So, how are you doing? <laughs> and then, I, Okay. I don't have a bum knee, but for whatever the fuck reason, I think I messed up my knee at work tonight, but just bugging me right now at the moment. And when I need to say something in that little bit of the intro, that was the first thing that came to mind. Okay. That was the second thing. The first thing was that I'm up late. I just couldn't sleep. And so I was like, you know what? I can't sleep. Let's get on mic because I haven't done it in a while. But all that aside, how are you doing? Uh, Bumney aside, I've been doing okay, minus that I've just been busy. That's really been it. Lately, work has been busy. And like I said last time, when it's this whole work-life balance podcast thing, unfortunately, podcast ends up at the bottom of the list. And so, you know, work, life, sleep, trying to sleep, trying to get at least a human amount of sleep. I still haven't achieved human amount of sleep, but... Yeah, and, and I realize when I'm saying, oh, yeah, I can't sleep. I, I could totally be sleeping right now and get a human amount of sleep, but I'm not. I'm sitting here. At the same time, I've also spent the last hour perusing Amazon looking at car parts <laughs> because that's just where I am now. My life is so as much as, you know, podcasting and work and kids and all of the other things. I also now, in the garden, <laughs> I also now have the project that is fixing up the truck. And, you know, I'm, I've just been trying to diagnose and, and figure out and fix things and try and figure out what things to fix and how to fix things. And I have learned through my investigations, I guess, hunting and making calls that I'm actually going to have a little bit of trouble finding mechanics that can work on my truck because it's a 30-year-old truck. And so I will end up, well, I'm, I'm kind of in the position where I am now, where I am YouTube university, you know, I'm YouTube educating myself on how to fix my truck for a lot of things. And fortunately, there are a couple of YouTube channels that I have found where they have pretty much the same truck, maybe a year or two off from mine, but it's basically the same engine. 
And so they're doing, they're like, you know, they're actually auto repair channels where they're like, hey, here's how to change the spark plugs. Here's how to change your fuel injectors. Here's how to change your, you know, insert different stuff here. And so I've been able to really use these channels as a resource for, okay, here's the problem I'm having. Let's chase it down, figure out what could be causing it. Here's what to fix. Here's what to replace all these sort of things and how to do it because I haven't, again, I haven't worked on a car seriously since my dad's like 80 something, like 84 blazer when I was a kid. So it's, it's, it's been a while since I've had to really be under the hood of a truck or anything, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a learning experience, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. So unfortunately it also means I have to buy a bunch of tools. But I'm I'm finding that it's, I enjoy doing it. I, li- I like getting my hands dirty. I think that's why I'm also a gardener. I like getting my hands dirty. I like doing stuff. And so right now I'm like mentally preparing myself for kind of a major project when it comes to truck stuff, because there's, there's a ton of stuff that I want to do. You know, there's, I want to, if not replace, get the seats reupholstered. I want to replace, I think I've said before, I want to replace the rear jump seats with a bench so that I could fit three boys in the back and not just two. Um, you know, I want to, we eventually want to get it repainted and just, you know, cleaned up, but uh new bed liner, you know, the, the bumper's kind of rusty. I actually just ordered like some wire wheel brushes for my drill. So I can try and take care of some of that rust and maybe treat it with something so that it's not so rusty. Just clean it up. Um, but I've got some operational issues, some fuel delivery issues and, you know, issues with stalling and fuel injector issue and like hard starts and throttle response and, 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 and acceleration issues and things like that. And talking to one of the guys at work who one of his side hustles is buying cars at auctions, fixing them up and reselling them. And so he, he works on all of his cars. He's a pretty capable shade tree mechanic. You could say things. That's what they used to call. Um, but he knows how to work on his cars. And so I've kind of thrown some different stuff at him. Like, Hey, what do you think about this circumstance? And this is the problem I'm having. And I'm thinking I'm going to need to do this. And you're like, well, that's a good way to like, that's a good point to start. But what you're saying also sounds like it, it could also be this thing. But realistically, if you're doing that, you might as well do this and just do the whole thing at once. And so at this point, I'm kind of in a position where I'm probably replacing most of the fuel system. And because I was thinking about it's, it's a 30 year old truck. I don't know how old the fuel injectors are on it, but they probably could use replacing. And I, when I mentioned that and he's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, when you do that, you got to replace your fuel filter, which most people don't replace nearly as often as it should be. So you should replace your fuel filter anyway. And when, like, whenever you do the fuel injectors, they always recommend you replace your fuel filter anyway. He's like, okay, replace the fuel filter replace the injectors. And he was like, Hey, but what you're saying also sounds like it could be the fuel pump. So you're probably better off replace the fuel pump, replace the fuel filter, replace the injectors. And that should really take care of everything. 
And while you're doing that, you might as well change the spark plugs out too. <laughs> and it's a lot of little things. Okay, the, I'll say the fuel pump is not a little thing because this truck does have two fuel pumps on it. One of them hasn't been used in at least a decade. That's It's got a double tank on it. The rear tank has been seized up because the fuel pump went bad. But if they're if it's going bad now, in theory, if both of them are bad, might as well replace them both at the same time. And so I'm I'm in that position, but I I honestly don't think I'm in a position right now to replace the fuel pump. I it may need it. It absolutely may need it, but I do know that is a a larger job to do. And if I had mechanically inclined friends that weren't people I worked with because it honestly it's just awkward um then maybe it's something I could probably try and tackle myself but I feel like it's something that I would need to like the guy I was talking to I may even you know proposition to him with hey do you think you can help me with this project to replace these fuel pumps because I don't I can't do this by myself So it's really kind of that situation I'm in. But the other stuff, the fuel injectors, spark plugs, that stuff, I I can do that myself. That's these aren't major undertakings and fuel filter, things like this. I can do these things. And so I feel like they need to be done anyway. So maybe do these things, see what I can do uh, about that stuff and eventually get to the point of, okay, I got to change this fuel filter out replace both or not the fuel the fuel pumps out and do that but it's really a case because you know when you got to replace your i don't know if you know but when you replace your fuel pump it's attached to the tank on top and so you have to drop your fuel tank out of the bottom of your vehicle or in the case of a pickup truck the other option is take the bed of your truck off and get access that way because the fuel pump sits basically right under the bed of the truck. You can access your fuel pump, and in my case, both of them, through the top. So if you take the bed off, then you are able to get access to both fuel pumps without having to remove the fuel tanks from the bottom. You can just leave them in place. So... That is a a situation I'm in where I may need to do that. I also might have to flush out one of them because the older one I said hasn't been run. It hasn't been used in a decade. So it's probably got a lot of sediment and crap in it that needs to get flushed out. And I don't know how you'd flush out a fuel tank exactly. I'd probably have to, honestly, I'm probably going to have to drop it out. It's probably what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to learn how to do this. Ah, this is going to be a, this is going to be a chore. And I think this is going to be a something I'm going to have to pay somebody to do. It's going to suck. It's probably going to be expensive. Ugh. But I got to do it. It's just something the truck's going to need. And again, it's a 30-year-old truck. Probably the original fuel pump. It's probably why the other one went out. So I need to do this. But I want to get as much other stuff that I can do myself done first to try and help get it running better. and. Just get it, get it in a better condition. That's that's my goal. My goal is get it in better running condition. So that's what I want to do. That's where I'm going with all of this. 
and it's ambitious. I mean, I guess if I were more of an active mechanic type person and I had more free time, it maybe wouldn't be as ambitious. Ambitious. Words are hard, especially at one in the morning. But it's, it's like, you know, it's learning as I go and I got to learn to do it. I got to figure all these things out. I got to, you know, I, I've already cleaned out the, the intake, the throttle body. I don't know. Why, I, hope I can never remember the word throttle body. I've already cleaned that out. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've replaced some p- bits and pieces here and there. I'm doing my work, taking it out for drives here and there, but I just want to get it. I want to get it to where, like I said, I want to be able to go out there, fire up the truck and, and take it for a drive and not be afraid that it's going to die. <laughs> that's, that's my goal. And what's really funny about my, my whole uh, learning about the truck and to take care of the truck and, repl- and repair the truck and all of the things is I'm learning about all the shit that we haven't done on either of the other cars for the last 10 years. <laughs> because our little car, we have a Corolla, you know, it's our kind of a daily driver. It gets great gas mileage. I use it to drive to work. My wife was using it. We basically were, this is our primary vehicle because it gets good gas mileage. I take it to work. My wife would take it to work. We use it for most things unless everybody has to be in the car. Then we got to use my van. And doing the research, oh, how how long are you supposed to go before you change your fuel pump? How often do you supposed to change your spark plugs? How often do you change or fuel filter, oil filter, I mean, oil filter, go, you know, every oil change, um, all those sort of things. How, how often do you change all of these things? And then realizing we haven't done any of that shit. I don't like the oil change thing and air filters. Those get changed with oil changes, but never change the spark plugs on our car. It's a 2011. We have a 10 plus year old car and it's still got the original spark plugs in it still got the original fuel filter in it you know these things could probably be replaced absolutely need to at this point i'm sure um my van we've had it for about not eight or nine years it's a 2006 but i've never done any of that same any of that maintenance again the fuel fuel filters and spark plugs and all i've never done any of that shit on there I'm sure it needs it. <laughs> I'm sure it needs it. Realistically speaking, my van is a tough start. It it takes them get up and go when I have to start it. I'm sure all of those things need to be replaced. And I'm sure that it would be very helpful, but it probably is not going to be with us for much longer. <laughs> so I'm not going to worry about it. The car, I probably should need to look into, you know, changing spark plugs on the car and, 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 uh, you know, fuel filters and things like that. It could probably use a full tune up here and there, but you know, and, and right now I'm going to focus on the truck and then maybe I'll translate that to stuff on the car later. And at the same time, I still need to fix these brake lines and I really have a feeling I'm going to have to learn how to make my own brake lines, <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I go down there and, I'm, and I'll look and there's like, okay, 
this is what I got to do. And I, I really, I think I'm at the point where I just need to go out there, suck it up, take the damn brake line off that's there, walk into AutoZone or whatever and say, I need to replace this. I need this. <laughs> because when I look it up, I can't find that piece. And they're like, here, I need this. Any replacement for this, that yellow, here. <laughs> Help. And see if I can get, just get the piece, replace it, do what I got to do, uh, you know, refill and bleed the brakes and I'll do the things and get those, get the brakes up and running. And then eventually learn how to do the brakes and everything else. I do want to like really be kind of doing all the maintenance for the truck because it's an old truck and it needs a little TLC and it'd be nice to know how to do it all myself. You know, it's really easy to do an oil change on a pickup truck when you can just slide underneath and reach the oil filter instead of having to necessarily jack it up. And not that I, pr I probably would still jack it up, but you know, it's just little things, you know, there's just a lot of stuff. I want to be able to take care of the truck myself and not have to keep shipping it off to mechanic to get basic functionality done, to get basic thing, you know, oil changes and shit like that. I don't want to have to pay somebody to do an oil change on my truck. Shouldn't have to. It's an oil change on a truck. On the car, eh, really, it's like, okay, the reason I don't do it on the car, because I'd have to jack it up and, you know, and get it propped up and all this, and I don't necessarily have the space to do it. Could I? Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. It seems weird doing an oil change on the car myself versus doing an oil change on the truck. It's kind of weird. I don't have any reservations about doing an oil change or doing any of these repairs on this truck. And maybe it's just because it's an older engine. I can, you know, lift the hood and look, and I see the things versus on the car or on my van. I open the hood and I see a lot of confusion. <laughs> they're, they're much tighter engine compartments. And so things are not as clear to me visually looking at it like, okay, there's there's the distributor. I don't even think they have, I don't even think they have distributors on these cars, but it's like, oh, there's the spark plug wires. There's the, this, there's that, there's this, there's that. I can, you know, I can open the hood on the truck, look down and see the things versus opening the hood on the car or my van and not being able to immediately identify something. So I think that's where it is. That those they're they're so much more intimidating because there's so many more computers and wires and things compared to the truck where it's much more mechanically inclined and the computer integration is minimal. So I think that's it. I'm just more I'm more intimidated by modern cars than I am by the older ones, which is funny considering that I was basically told by one mechanic that most of the mechanics working today are not old enough to know how to work on a 30-year-old truck because most of them only know how to work on things when they are able to plug in their little diagnostic computer and tell what's wrong. They don't know how to do, you could say, analog diagnostics where, like, in my case, I was having to chase down a vacuum leak. And so I had to learn how do you manually chase down a vacuum leak because with the computers it can tell you oh you have a loss of pressure 
in this section because there's sensors up the yazoo. And it can say, oh, you have a vacuum pressure leak in this thing, in this sensor, in this area. You have vacuum loss of vacuum here or here or here, and you can kind of pinpoint it that way versus on the truck. I basically have to, you know, one, listen for it. Do you hear a hissing from a vacuum? But there's tricks with using propane or using starting fluid or carburetor cleaner, like different things to try and identify if there is a vacuum leak in an area and things like all these different tricks and things that you got to kind of have and different ways to identify, is this working or not? If it does this, then it's here. If it doesn't do that, then it's there. So you need to check this and then you need to check that. And this is how you check this. And this is how you check that. And if it does this, when you do that, then it means that's fine, but this isn't fine, (laughs) you know, and all these little bits and pieces and parts. And I think I, I like that. I'm comfortable with that. And it's funny because it's so much more to know, to have to know the analog, <laughs> the analog mechanical engineering of working on an engine versus the super technical computer sensors everywhere part of mechanicing. I'm not as good with that. I'm not as good with the computers, which is funny because I am fine with computers, but computers and cars are intimidating to me. For me, I like mechanical cars. Again, I worked on cars in the in the early 90s when I was a kid. You know, I was like 90 in the early night, like 95, 96 working on 80s trucks. <laughs> now it's 2022 and I'm working on a 90s truck. And so I'm, I'm comfortable in these older classic engines, not so much the new stuff. So <sighs> projects, <laughs> it's a project. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm building up like a list on Amazon right now. I was like, oh, okay, okay. spark plug, spark plug wires, like fuel filter, fuel filter wrench, <laughs> like line wrenches for brakes, just all these things. And it, you know, fuel injectors, uh, all the all the things that I want to do, and a lot again, a lot of it's stuff that, like, I could make an afternoon of it, go in, fix these things, be done. And it could, I could probably make a huge difference in the performance of the truck just by again changing out the fuel injectors, spark plugs, fuel filter, in an afternoon. And realistically, that's like an afternoon. It's not a big deal to do. I've still got to do that again. I still got that damn brake line issue, but that's, you know, where I'm at. And it's, I think at this point, it's just a, just do it. It, I feel like it's just, just do it, get the parts, sit down say, nope, I'm going to go, I'm going to be working on the truck today. This is my project and do it. So I think that's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's what I want to do with the truck. That's where I am on that project. Uh, on the other side of my home life project, everything that I've got going on right now is the garden. And the garden has been kind of a, a tricky situation recently because we went in and we harvested all of our corn. And that's 
been drying and we finished drying that and took all of it and sorted out all of the really pretty good ears that we could sell theoretically as like decoration or whatever. And any of the kind of ugly dud ears that weren't so aesthetically pleasing. And we stripped them all down and washed and sorted and bagged up all of the kernels for sale as seed for, and put up a post on the Facebook marketplace for glass gem corn seed. And I, I posted it up in, in the oddballs group and I th- kind of threw it up kind of on all of our social media. We just kind of threw them all up there. It's like, Hey, we've got, you know, corn seed for sale. If you want it, there's really pretty corn or you can buy these ears of corn because it's really pretty corn. But yeah, no biters. Well, okay. No, we've had, we actually had some, uh, friends and family who bought actually a good amount. I, I don't know what our, I know I sent out somebody somewhere about 10 or 11, uh, bags of seeds. Yeah. It's like 11. I think it was like 11, 12, somewhere around there. 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, bags of, uh, seed corn for people that ordered and, we were paid for it, which was nice. And so that's nice. And the, you know, we've kind of said that all it would take, especially in this case, this like what three or four bags of seed. And we were basically running in profit, at least from buying seed because we paid all of three fifty for a bag of the seeds originally. And I think we were actually almost all the way through those, but you know, we bought 50 seeds for three fifty, and we're selling 50 seeds for two bucks. Hey, if you want to buy some, <laughs> just throwing another, if you can, where you live, because uh, like I just sent off a gift package to Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts and just Heather's and just sent that off to her. And I really wish I could have sent her some, I don't think she could grow it. Um, but it was like, it would have been really cool if I could have sent her some corn even just like an ear of corn or whatever. It's like, but she lives in New Zealand and I'm pretty sure customs would have a hissy fit about having actual seeds <laughs> from a foreign country uh, sent. They're really picky about the, you know, environment and invasive species. I just don't think it's actually an invasive species, but they're very particular about the natural wildlife. And like I found out in shipping a package that had, you know, jam and candy in it, that if the, you know, things like honey, you can't just the sidebar, you actually cannot ship anything with honey into New Zealand because it's a risk to contaminate the native bee and honey population with outside microbes. (laughs) Yeah, it's apparently a thing. So yeah, I, I had to kind of familiarize myself with what could and couldn't be sent. And I'm 99.9999999999% sure that shipping a pack of um, uh, glass gem corn seeds or a whole ear of glass gem corn to New Zealand would have gotten my ass in a lot of trouble. (laughs) So I didn't do that, but it'd be cool. But if you do want some, if you are actually interested and you've seen on my Instagram or the Facebook or wherever, or Twitter, because it, you know, will cycle over to there too. My 
glass gem corn is probably in the uh probably going to be the background image of this just so you know but um <laughs> if if you are interested in buying some glass gem corn seeds or any of our nice beautiful ears of glass gem corn for whatever the fuck reason you feel like it this just as a note this particular variety is technically a popcorn and I have tested some of it. This we have a better pop rate this time. It is not a huge you're not gonna get that like 80, 90% pop rate that you get when you buy a bag of Orville Redenbacher. But it is tasty. It's technically a popcorn. Again, I ground it up for cornmeal and made cornbread last year. But that's, you know, up to whoever. But yeah, so we got that going on. Let me know. Reach out to me on all the social medias if you are interested in in acquiring some pretty corn decoration or make cornmeal or grow your own. If you want some seeds to grow your own, it's it's really nice. It's a really pretty corn. You feel like learning to grow popcorn. Anyway, but all of that being said, we're now shaping up. It's time to plant for the spring. And at this point, we have nothing because my royal pain in the ass of a dog has dug up our sweet corn twice. I have tried planting our spring sweet corn twice, and both times she has dug up the bed. And so I'm kind of in a position now where I'm like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Stop. I, I, I'm just, she's, she's been kind of a pain in the ass lately. She's been like, she stole one of my garden gloves. I'm like my heavy garden gloves, the ones I use for when I'm trimming the mesquite, you know, with the big thorns and all that stuff. Well, she buried one of them and I can't for the life of me find where the hell she buried it. And that's like her favorite thing to bury too, is I've in the process of trying to find my one missing heavy glove. I found four others. <laughs> I actually found four other individual, none of them matching uh, yard gloves that she had buried in the past. That's like her favorite thing is to take my gloves and bury them because when we first got her, the boys thought it was a good idea to throw my gloves across the yard as a chew toy and fetch toy for her. So now she associates my gloves with her toys and now she buries them like fucking bones in a cartoon. But she took my good gloves and now I had to order a new pair of gloves before I can grind up all the corn stalks from the glass gym. But I was, I went and planted a big patch of sweet corn and go out two days later and that whole bed is dug up. Just big fucking holes and dog prints everywhere and she's a mess. And I'm just so frustrated. So like, okay, fine. You know, turn the bed, level it back out, prep it again, go plant a whole new patch, 12 more fucking uh, seeds in the dirt Go in. All right, starting to sprout. Now I've got like five or six uh, corn sprouts coming up. Like, awesome. Like in another couple of days, the rest of them should come up. We're going to have some great corn. This will be great. Sweet corn was great last year. Let's try it again this year. This is going to be awesome. Eat it or sell it or give it to people. I don't care, but we're going to have corn this year. Again, because it was really good last year. I was so happy and I, I was so shocked by how good fresh sweet corn is. It was, it was amazing, but go out there a couple of days ago, 
What do I find? Same area. She dug it all up again. And now I'm kind of in a predicament because I'm sitting here with, well, fuck, I'm trying to plant the spring garden and I can't plant anything because anytime I try and plant something, she tears up the gardens. And I haven't been able to get anything planted because she goes and jumps and plays. And I can tell she's jumping around in the beds and digging holes. And I'm sure it's like worms or bugs or something she's chasing. It could be mice. I've seen mice around uh, in that first winter, I guess we'd say last, last, last winter, like winter 2020. Um, I remember we had netted and like shaded the tomatoes for a really bad freeze. And when we went to go take the shade cloths off the next morning, there was a mouse under them. And so I know we have mice and rats in the neighborhood. And I know we have, you know, we have a vegetable garden. That's a target for animals. But I don't imagine, I don't think we have mice actually in the garden beds. And I don't think she's digging under, digging into the dirt to find mice. But whatever the fuck she's chasing, she needs to knock it the fuck off. Because I can't plant shit because she keeps digging up all my shit. Just like she ate all my celery and my carrots last time and all my cucumbers. And we're trying to grow. Now we have acquired from, uh, we get our seeds from Native Seed Search, which is a Arizona native seed uh, breeder depository. And they maintain a, a collection of native grown and native bred vegetables and plants and there's flowers, but the cucumbers we grow come from them. The most of the stuff we grow actually comes from native seed search because we know getting our seeds from them that they are bred and are these like we just got some watermelon and cantaloupe. Last year we failed horribly at watermelon and cantaloupe. But we also have learned that Every type of watermelon we have grown in the past was not acclimated to this environment. We now have a variety of watermelon that is acclimated to this environment, is meant to grow well here. We also have a variety of cantaloupe that's meant to grow well here. And some carrots for here, and they're very fat, shallow carrots. And so maybe these will be different than the other ones. But all of these things require, you know, time, and it requires that they have, they can bloom. Or, or sprout and grow and not get eaten by a fucking dog. And so I'm having to kind of figure out methods and we're considering putting chicken wire over the beds. We're just lots of different things we're trying to think of that we can do to prevent her from digging up the beds because we also acquired a new variety of corn. I have more yellow corn like we grew last year that everybody knows, but I was actually watching a video on YouTube, I follow uh, this guy, Epic Gardening, and he's in San Diego. So not exactly the same climate, but pretty close. It's, you know, very hot. He's got a little more, okay, a lot more humidity than we do, but it's, you know, southern high heat gardening, and he's an urban gardener. So it's a lot of raised beds and a lot of, of that sort of stuff, but he did an entire video on growing sweet corn. And he grew a couple different varieties. One was like this dwarf 
this like bright rainbow dwarf corn that are probably about like the glass jam that we grow. They're about that size. And he grew this other one that was a more traditional size sweet corn. They're like the big eight, nine, ten foot stalks with the more traditional size. But there was like a rainbow color. And I was like, what is that? That is different. I'm like, and it's sweet corn. It's not like, you know, we have our rainbow, our glass gem, our popcorn that's bright colors. And, you know, you think of Indian corn and all these bright colors, but that's all flint corn. That's all that's, you know, that's cornmeal. It's popcorn. It's not sweet corn. But he had this like rainbow sweet corn. So like, okay, what is that? And I, we looked it up and I found the one he had. Well, that's not something we can grow here because it's meant for a different environment. But Native Seed Search has a variety of kind of a rainbow sweet corn. And so my wife got some of that. And I'm blanking. I think they're called Fantasia corn. I think I'm, I'm, I don't have it directly in front of me. Okay. It's actually directly behind me right now, but I want to stop and turn around and grab it. But I, I'm curious to grow that. And since Mystic dug up the other sweet corn already, I'm now going to go in, turn the beds again, and I'm going to plant a patch of this rainbow. I'm going to say Fantasia, <laughs> Fantasia sweet corn and keep you updated. I'm really curious about this. I really want to see how this turns out and see what the flavor's like and see how it comes up because it's just cool. <laughs> and that's just it. Because we like growing stuff that we eat, but we also like growing stuff that's different. That's why we grow a rainbow popcorn. And so, hey, rainbow sweet corn. And so we, and she also decided this year that she wants to try growing wheat. And so the bed that we normally grow all of our lettuce and carrots in this year is now also going to be a wheat bed. The thing about wheat is, you know how huge fields of wheat are? That's because it takes a metric fuck ton of wheat <laughs> to actually get any flour or anything from. And so... And in order to basically, and again, I watched Epic Gardening. He had a, hey, can I grow a, a loaf of bread? That was what I was titled this series. And he was trying to go through the process of growing and harvesting and drying and processing and grinding and doing all that for his own wheat. And in the patch he grew, which I don't remember, it was not especially large. In the little patch of wheat he grew, he had basically enough for a half a loaf of bread <laughs> it takes a lot of wheat to become flour you just you know as the process goes down the pieces get smaller and smaller and smaller and you're left with far less at the end than what you know what you think it's going to be and so you know i i know going into this that I think we, I kind of estimated if we planted every inch of our available garden space with wheat, we might have a full loaf of bread. <laughs> That's where we are. But she wants to grow it in part to do it and see, hey, can we do it? What can we get from it? Like, maybe I'll be able to make a batch of pancakes from it. Maybe we're just going to have wheat berries for the sake of having wheat berries and maybe we'll use it for something else. Never know, but I guess we're going to, I'm going to pile, yeah, yeah. 
what the, what was that? I'm going to plant a patch of wheat. I want to plant some carrots and try spring carrots because we've never managed to do carrots in the spring because we always planted them too late. So I want to try and do some spring carrots. Um, I've already mentioned that once the tomatoes are done and I'm actually almost done, once all of our tomatoes are clear, I'm ripping the tomatoes up and planting the strawberries over there so that we can, she wants strawberries more than tomatoes. I'm fine with it. I like the strawberries. So we want to try and plant some wildflowers. We want to put, but we want to have our Fantasia corn and carrots and wheat. She wants to grow cucumbers again in part because we always have great success with cucumbers, but also because we have our mountain of dill and would really like to make our own cucumbers or our own cucumbers, our own pickles using the dill from our garden. It'd just be cool. And so that's, that's kind of a goal. And again, we eat the cucumbers. We get great results from the cucumbers as long as mystic doesn't eat them. And so I think that's kind of where we're going this year. I think we want to try and do that and avoid them getting eaten. So hmm, that's, that's kind of where I am with all of that. You know, mentally preparing though. So wheat, corn, carrots, cucumbers, and there was something else. We want to pick, we, we know we can't do watermelons and cantaloupes. We just know they honestly cannot do them. They sprawl too much. They spread out too much. We've got to rein them in. They just, they take up so much space for each of them that we're fairly certain we're not going to be able to do both, but we got to pick one. So watermelon or cantaloupe, we have yet to succeed on either, but we're stubborn. We're going to keep trying. And we're probably, because we're stubborn this way, probably going to try and do pumpkins again later in the year. But we again, it's like the watermelons and the cantaloupes. We just keep failing at it. But I mean, it's not going to stop us from trying because we're doing it for fun. We're gardening for fun to see what we can grow. <laughs> That's really it. It's we're, you know, doing celery over the winter was, can we even grow celery? I've heard we can grow celery. I wonder if we could actually do it. And we did it until the dog ate it, bitch. And so we successfully grew celery. I had carrots coming in until she ate them. We've been really good with lettuce, but we don't eat the lettuce. So we just said, nah, no more lettuce, even though we we're successful with it. No more lettuce. So, you know, we're, we're, reining in our garden to things we actually will make use of unless it's you know something to experiment with with like new corns or wheat or whatever but it's just fun we're gardening for fun because it's nice and it's cool to go out into the yard and see all these vegetables growing out there and being able to go out there in the morning and pick a strawberry because oh there's a new strawberry that's you know uh ripe and ready to go and pick a fresh strawberry and just eat a fresh strawberry straight from the garden. Or knowing that I have a box in my pantry right now full of potatoes that I grew myself that are stored and are in great shape and beautiful and I know taste great and taste so much better than the stuff I buy at the store, which is what I used to grow them from. I, I, I appreciate 
the corn that we grow tasting so good. I appreciate, even though I don't eat them, <laughs> my wife loves our tomatoes. We just don't, well, she's the only one that eats them, so it's not worth it for us to grow them. We, you know, the cucumbers, we all would eat the cucumbers. I'd make salads. I'd make tons of pickles. It's great. I love making pickles. Love pickles. But, you know, the dog does too, apparently. Bitch. So, <laughs> you know, but I, I just love being able to go out there and it's like, hey, I've got six new cucumbers ready today. Hey, we've got three more ears of corn ready today. Hey, you know, the potatoes are looking great. Hey, the wheat's almost ready to, to harvest. Hey, the carrots are almost there. You know, going out and thinning out the baby carrots so that they're not overcrowded and just, you know, eating the little baby carrots as I go. I love it. I love working in the garden. I love working with my hands, whether, you know, I'm working with the truck or I'm working in the garden. I, I love doing stuff with my hands, which is really funny considering I work, you know, that I'm, I'm a podcaster and that, you know, my business business is, I guess you could say I work with my hands as, as a podcast editor. Mostly I'm working with my ears and my eyes, but I, I'm, I'm working on a computer with my hands. You know, I'm not sitting here writing code. I am manipulating audio using a computer. So I, I mean, to a certain degree, I'm working with my hands, I guess. And, you know, it's a lot of muscle memory and click, click, click. And, you know, building up this, I've got buttons programmed to do this and this and this to speed up my process. And my, my fingers are muscle memoried to certain motions. So it, <laughs> you don't realize it from me recording, but there are times where I have fucked up <laughs> and I'll go to pause something. And I'm like, oh, like if I cough or something and I got to cut it out. I will go in and if my hand isn't in just the right position, I end up executing some weird ass program because my fingers are muscle memoried into the motions I need to do to cut that cough out. But if my fingers weren't in the right spot to cut the cough out, <laughs> I end up performing some weird ass task and I got to like backtrack a bunch of shit and then move my hand over three spaces or whatever. It's... You know, so I guess there's there's a working with my hands, but yeah, it's that. I guess that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Is that I like doing, I like fixing things, I like making things, I like working with my hands. And I guess that's why I cook too, because I like working with my hands. I like making stuff, and you know, me, my working in the garden and growing my own potatoes, and that's, that's something I want to do, and I just want to like. I want to take my potatoes and just fry them up. And because the last potatoes we grew were so creamy and I just fried, I just made like potato wedges and fried them, threw them in the air fry and fried them up, just salt and pepper, super basic because I wanted to taste the potato. I wanted to know what does the potato taste not taste like? Not all of the seasonings I normally put on my roasted potatoes. I just want to know what do our potatoes taste like in their purest form straight straight up, you know, just some oil, salt and pepper, not even pepper, I don't think, but like just salt and oil and fry them up and just have that pure flavor. And they were so creamy. And I just made it, sliced them into wedges and threw them in the air fryer and, you know, nice crispy on the outside, soft and fluffy and creamy flavor and texture. And I never had that 
in a potato. Even in like mashed potatoes aren't creamy the way these were. And that's the best word I can use to describe it. Because you like you'd have that snap of that sort of fried crispy exterior and it would just melt on the in the inside and having that experience from the potatoes that I grew with my own two hands and being able to take something that I grew from my garden bring it into my kitchen and make something tasty with something from my kitchen and that's why I love making pickles too is because that was like the first thing we got to do that with was like we got it to go out there and and pick cucumbers from the garden and we got to take them into the kitchen and turn them into pickles like yeah I can go pick a a cucumber, slice it up, It's eat it, you know, with salad or, you know, just eat it as a snack because you could just, you know, slice up a cucumber and eat them. But, you know, little salt. Some people might want some salad dressing or ranch or whatever. And, but, you know, I'll, I'll just eat straight, you know, slices of cucumber, but make pickles and share those pickles with the world <laughs> and, or grow sweet corn and it wasn't until I was growing my own sweet corn that I found out that you can actually eat sweet corn raw. I didn't know this. I was watching a video of a woman growing sweet corn, and she was literally sitting there pulling an ear of corn out of her field. And she had like a raised bed area, kind of like mine. And she goes out there, snaps off an ear of sweet corn, shucks it all back, and bites into it and just chomps away. And she's like, and it's one of those things where you can basically, when you grow your own and it's that fresh, you can just go and eat it straight off the plant, which gave my wife cringe visions. But I actually sat there with our last batch of sweet corn and did that. And it was pretty good. And it was like, I've never had fresh raw corn before. And it was so good. It was so crazy. And then taking it inside and doing, you know, the traditional, uh, steamed and buttered corn and it being so crispy and just having so much snap and bite and freshness and sweetness and so much more flavorful than anything you'd ever buy in the store that, but yeah, and that, that and having that experience of I grew this with my two hands, brought it into my kitchen, cooked it into something awesome with my two hands. That's, that's why I garden. That's why I grow vegetables. Just as much the working in the garden, doing the things in the yard and doing in the garden, but just as much the I can then take that and turn it into something with my hands. Then, and, you know, working with my hands to make, to grow that thing and then turn it into a food that I can eat. And I like that. I like working with my hands. That's the theme of today. Working with my hands. That's the, that's the episode title. Congratulations. We just figured out the episode title. Now I've got to come up with artwork to fit, to match this up. <laughs> that's what I got to do. I got to, I got to come up with artwork to, to represent working with my hands, but it's probably what I'm doing tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm probably working with my hands in the garden, provided all of the stuff I ordered shows up and maybe I'll make a video. Maybe I'll have one of the boys film me. Maybe we'll clean up the backyard a bit and shoot some video of me working in the garden. I don't know. We'll see. I got some corn to plant. I've got some wheat to plant. I got some carrots and maybe cucumbers and maybe a watermelon or two, but we'll see. We'll see if I make a video. 
I don't know. Feel like I should. But we'll see. But until then, <laughs> you can find me at oddadapodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show and all your favorite podcast listening places. Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever you, you use to listen to, you listen, subscribe to the show, follow it, share it, tag me on all the social medias. I'm at Odd Dad Out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram is where I'm usually posting up pictures of garden stuff and my flowers and my vegetables and my, whatever I'm doing. Maybe I'll do some car stuff. I don't know. That, but that's where I, I post the most stuff. Of course, there's the Oddballs Facebook group and all of the ways you can support the show that I'm not going to tell you right now. You can find them at odddadapodcast.com. That's where all the stuff is. That's where you need to go. That's what you got to remember. Unless you want to buy some glass gem corn or glass gem corn seeds from me, then you can email me show at odddadapodcast.com and just like say subject seeds or I want some corn or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. But if you want to do that, let me know. I don't know why I'm, I'm shilling corn right now. But <laughs> I think that means it's time to get out of here. So until next time, oddballs, thank you and good night. <laughs>